What's going on, Boiler Nation? It's Tuesday night. It's December 19th, 2023. Brand new episode of the Boiler Breakdown podcast live on the Boiler Breakdown YouTube channel, on the Boiler Breakdown Facebook page, and the Boiler Breakdown X page. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Give us a subscribe. Hit that notification bell. Do all those good things. If you haven't already, at Boiler Break Pod on all social media platforms. If you're listening to this at a later time on your favorite podcast platform, give us a five star rating, a nice review, and make sure you are subscribed. I know a lot of people might listen to the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever your favorite audio podcast might be, and you might think you're subscribed to the podcast, but you probably aren't. So make sure you are subscribed so you automatically get our latest episodes. With all that said, Webby, how you doing tonight? Uh, how was Saturday as you were in attendance for the Indy Classic at Gamebridge Fieldhouse? I'm just going to have a voice again. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, probably one of my favorite environments I've been around in a while. I mean, I mean, it's obviously hard to beat a Mackie game, um, but that felt like Mackie on steroids at times just from the, you know, the magnitude of the game on TV. It definitely came across as a tournament type environment. Uh, when yeah. I say tournament March madness type, I mean, maybe mm-hmm. you got more of a one-sided crowd being that the game was played in Indianapolis, just right an hour down the road from West Lafayette. But I thought with that said, I thought Arizona had a pretty good showing too. They did. And they, you know, they were pretty loud. Um, I mean, they're an incredible team and it was just, yeah, it, it felt a lot like a, you know, second weekend, you know, maybe what a third weekend might feel like. I wouldn't really know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was just a great environment, great game all around, like just a good basketball game in general. If you're just a college basketball fan, I'm sure it was an incredible game to watch, um, but it was even better as a Purdue fan. Yeah, the first half especially, I mean, not only did Purdue outscore Arizona 49-38 in the first half, but the way the game was officiated, particularly in the first Mm -hmm. half, I really enjoyed. They let them kind of play. There wasn't a ton of sloppiness, you know, with not a lot of fouls called, not a lot of turnovers happening. The first half Mm -hmm. flew by, and it was just really nice to see because that's one complaint I have with college basketball this year. It seems like a lot of games, maybe not so much Purdue, but, well, I take that back to Tennessee game and the Northwestern game. <laughs> Excluding those two games, the Purdue games have went by, I would say, an average duration. But a yeah. lot of these other games, it seems like, are going two hours, 15, two and a mm-hmm. half hours. That's pretty long for college basketball. Yeah. So the yeah, the first half, I mean, like you said, just flew by. Um, second half, obviously, is, you know, officials typically do is they call a game a little differently and slow things down. Um, but it was just, I mean, teams weren't really missing shots and, uh, it was just yeah, high level basketball. It was it was awesome. Yeah, Purdue was victorious for anybody that doesn't know already. Ninety two, eighty four. Uh, they were ranked number three going into the game. Arizona was ranked number one, and now with the polls coming out yesterday, Purdue is once again for the second time this season. Of course, third season in a row, they are ranked number one in the country. Arizona slipped to number four, with Kansas being number two and Houston number three. Um, yeah, I just thought Purdue played really, really well. Even mm-hmm. when you knew Arizona was going to make a run, even when Purdue was up 15 at various points, oh, Arizona's yeah. too talented on the offensive side of the court, especially to not make runs. Um, mm-hmm. But Purdue just hung in there. You know, even when things were getting a little tight, when Arizona tightened the game to four points, when they switched to a 2 3 zone defense, which was the first time they played zone all year long. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Purdue didn't, I mean, Purdue didn't flinch. I mean, yes, they had some turnovers. I don't know how many of those turn, turnovers were really impacted from the mm-hmm. zone itself, rather than just some sloppy play. I mean, you know, it's, it's a, it's kind of a lazy headline to say, Oh, that zone impacted Purdue. Well, Purdue still got three really good looks. They got really good exactly, looks. And they just didn't make them. They were right. getting threes, didn't make them. And then finally Lance Jones hit a big one. And then Arizona kind of got out of it and went back to man-to-man. Yeah, I thought that was – I was talking the same thing. I was like, you know, I knew they were going in the zone. Um, but yeah, it never felt like – it was just like, gosh, we just like we're missing – like Zach was missing some bunnies and shots that he always makes. You know, we are getting what we wanted. You were doing exactly what you are trying to do with the zone, which is, you know, find the open find the open area. Um and it just was a little difficult, but I mean, to say yeah, well, as soon as like as like I said, as soon as we got it, it was like they just bailed on it, which it was a little interesting. But yeah, because it definitely like I think definitely at first it, it kind of disrupted us because like oh you know they you know, they probably didn't I mean they probably didn't see it on film because they haven't played it all year. Um, so I'm sure it was you know just getting the getting your bearings right. But um, so yeah, they, they didn't really have too much trouble with it. Nor did they have trouble no. with the press. No, didn't have trouble with the press, which that knock on wood hasn't been an issue yet. Mm-hmm. The season to date, um, yeah. It, I mean, look, looking at the box score, I mean, yeah. I mean, Zach Eady does what Zach Eady does. Uh, in thirty uh, six minutes of action, he was eight for fifteen from the field, six for nine from the free throw line, nine rebounds, twenty two points. Kind of like we spoke about last week. Kind of ho hum. Another, yeah. another good game <laughs> from like, Zach. It's honestly, kind of like his uh, below average game. Yeah. Um, in reality, I mean, I mean, Obalo, Obalo probably played the best that anybody's played against Edie, which I mean, credit to him. He's a really good player. He's a massive human being. He just looks small compared to Edie. Um, but, um, you know, I mean, the free throw line, he wasn't, I mean, six for nine, you know, what is it, 66%. Um, so not great. Um, but that's probably like the one knock really was the free throw shooting as a team. We were shot below 70%. Um, but it was still, it's crazy to look up and, you know, like, Look at the stars of Braden and look at the stars of the game of Braden and uh, Fletcher. And you're like, oh, you, you didn't have a great game. Like, oh, you still had <laughs> 20 points. You almost had a double double again. Yeah. That's why I didn't get a double double is because they just weren't missing shots. Yeah. And speaking of those two, you just mentioned Braden Smith, Fletcher Lawyer, 36 minutes a piece for them. Braden Smith, 9 to 15, shooting four for seven from behind the arc, four for four from the free throw line. He also added four rebounds, uh, two assists, and three steals to that. 26 points. Fletcher Lawyer, 11 for 18 from the field, 5 for 9 from behind the arc. Uh, also added one rebound, three assists, and four steals for 27 mm-hmm. points. He was named the Big Ten Player of the Week for the second time in his career. You think those two are tired of hearing all the slander? <laughs> Just a little bit. Um, I mean, yeah, you come into the game. I mean, what people before the game were saying, I mean, obviously, probably for some good reason, Caleb Love, you know, has obviously has experience. He's it probably, I mean, he might be 23, 24. So I'm not sure how old he is. He feels like he's been in college forever. Um, and obviously, just Arizona size and the athletic, again, the athleticism of like, you know, Purdue guards can they handle, you know, big athletic teams, even though we, not like we haven't played Gonzaga, Tennessee, Marquette, Alabama. Alabama. <laughs> Should we keep going? Um, and yeah, I mean, I mean, you kind of saw it after the game if you're on Twitter and, you know, Braden kind of quote, quote tweeted the guy who had made that point, which to, to fair, the guy actually called himself out, you know, saying he, made a stupid tweet. Um, but yeah, those guys were lights out. It was awesome. Well, and Brian Newbert said this, uh, yesterday on the golden black podcast with, um, with Kyle charters, 
you know, all these takes that people are calling out these Purdue guards, a lot of them are just lazy takes. They're dumb. Oh, yeah. They're dumb yeah. takes. It's, it's, I think they're just saying it without watching Purdue. If, if you had watched Purdue in, in Hawaii, yeah. if you watched Purdue in Hawaii, you wouldn't be saying this. If you watched them against Alabama, you wouldn't be saying this. Yeah. But it's all they remember the is, fires. So. Yeah. They're, just, they're just remembering, you know, kind of the sputtered, you know, that we had late last year where Braden was running on fumes because he had played, you know, he had no one to back him up all year. You know, Fletcher was dealing with a calf injury. Um, you know, and they definitely, you know, Fletcher probably actually played okay. I mean, he played. I mean, okay, it's put in relative terms in the FDU game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you just kind of saw the meltdown. It's just kind of what everybody remembers. That is just, you know, pretty lost of 16 seed. So, therefore, it's the exact same thing that's going to happen this year, yada, yada. Or, you know, a whole different team. A whole different team. You know, the guys are older. They have, I mean, I hope people keep talking smack because they're playing with a chip on their shoulder that's, you know, massive. And I don't want it to ever leave because those guys, if that's what it takes to get them to do what they're doing, I mean, Braden was an absolute killer coming off those screens, mm-hmm. just hunting the shot, which is awesome. And a piece that wasn't on last year's team was Lance Jones. Yes. And Lance Jones is not afraid to take shots. And I mean, he was three for nine shooting, one for six from behind the arc, but that one he hit was big. He was Huge. two for five from the free throw line. Kai struggled there, but he had one rebound, four assists and two blocks to go with that for nine points in 24 minutes of action. Um, other starter, Trey Coppin ran 15 minutes, two for three from the field for four points. He had uh, six rebounds, though. And yeah, two oh, assists. his rebounds were huge. I mean, he played, he played his butt off. And then off the bench, uh, you had two guys with double-digit minutes. Ethan Morton with 13 minutes. He only shot once mm-hmm. from the field and was missed. But he had a three rebounds and one assist. And then uh, Mason Gillis, 21 minutes of action. Uh, two points on one of two shooting, 0 for 1 from behind the arc. But he had three rebounds, three assists, one steal. Hustled his butt off like he always mm-hmm. does. Uh, Camden Heidi, seven minutes of action. Uh, did not attempt a shot. One rebound. Uh, Caleb first, eight minutes of action. Two points on one of two shooting, 0 for 1 from behind the arc. Two rebounds, two assists. And Miles Colvin in four minutes of action. Uh, did not have a shot attempt, but did grab one rebound. So mm-hmm. uh, overall, the team shot 35 for 65 for 50, uh, 53.8% behind the arc, 10 for 24 for 41.7%. And like you said, from the free throw line, 12 of 19 for 63.2%. Compared to that for Arizona, they were 32 for 62 from the field, 51.6%. Six for 16 from behind the arc, 37.5%. 14 for 16 in the free throw line, 87.5%. Caleb Love at 29 points, 37 minutes of action. And uh, uh, Johnson, uh, his first name is Kishad Johnson, the transfer mm-hmm. from San Diego State, national runner-up last year. He had 24 points in 29 minutes. Um, yeah, and the guy that was, I was the guy I was probably the most worried about going to the game was uh, Kylan Boswell because he shot 50 percent from three. He went 0 for four and only had six points. <laughs> yes, yes, he was kind of a non-factor for sure. Yeah. And Arizona only played three guys off their bench. Which yeah. that's once again that's Purdue's advantage. They play five guys off the bench, ten guy rotation mm-hmm. to eight guy rotation. You're gonna get some guys tired. It really admitted, even though they, we play guys on the bench, you know, both for both teams, it was you know the bench only. I think our bench, I mean, I mean points our bench score not many. Um, uh, two four points, and I think their bench only had two points. So like it was, there wasn't yeah. much coming off the bench for either team. <laughs> it was mostly just I think just the production, just from like a defensive standpoint for Purdue that definitely made the difference and kind of spelled some guys for sure. It, it's just uh, it's part of the podcast. I have to put this comment up from Cameron Day on Facebook here. 
Kim Allen declared for the draft over under his 40 yard dash was 523 <laughs> seconds. I think he'll get uh, under that. I think he'll I think get under. slightly, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did see that tweet from him that he declared in an Instagram post. Um, I mean, we all figured he wasn't using the sixth year anyways. I mean, he went through a right. few days and everything. Yeah. I think it was more just probably an appreciation post, honestly. And, mm-hmm. and I know Cam gets a lot of flack on this podcast, but he is tied for second all-time school history for interceptions. So there's uh, – there's, oh, I know, I know, I know he's not, I know he's not getting drafted. I know he's not getting drafted. He maybe will make a team as an undrafted free agent through, through mini camp. And that's probably about mm-hmm. it, but maybe gets a training camp, but no, no, but never know. Crazier things have happened, but no great win for Purdue on Saturday. First win over a number one ranked team since they beat Arizona and then Conseco field house <laughs> in the wooden tradition in the year 2000, only a third time in program history. They beat the number one team. So, uh, yeah, it just felt good. I mean, it felt like all eyes of the sporting world were kind of on the state of Indiana Saturday mm-hmm. with IU and Kansas playing, which Kansas escaped a poor showing with a four-point win down in Bloomington. Then they, uh, the big-time varsity game happened in Indianapolis between the number one and the number three-ranked teams at the time. And then the Colts-Steelers, which had big-time playoff implications on, on night. So, um so, yes, uh, Cameron Day says both Purdue athletes right now at Purdue, both Shamrocks. Think about it. Yep. Braden and Thieneman, uh, pride of Westfield. Keep them coming. We'll take them. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take them. We'll take them. But, uh, yeah, good, good. Like I said, good win for Purdue. Um, nice to play well after finals week and nice mm-hmm. to play well, not only after finals week, but in that building, which is kind of hot. With that here. ball. <laughs> With that Wilson, whatever it is, ball. Yeah. Um, yes, it was uh, just a just a good win. And, and Arizona's a talented team. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe we'll see these two teams again in the tournament. It would either be late March or early April. Yeah. Um, if it's early Not April, sure I play them in Phoenix, <laughs> but I guess if oh, I'll take it. Cares. I'll take yeah. it. Give it to me right now. I mean, yeah. yes, it would be more of a home court advantage for them in the final four or national championship game in Phoenix, but every single Purdue fan would sign up for that right oh, now. Yeah. Um, oh, I just, nah, I wish I would have checked that score. So, uh, I use yeah. up one point on Moorhead state with 27 seconds to go, which yeah, Moorhead was up. Moorhead was up double digits when I came up here to do the podcast. So that's how yeah, it goes. Moorhead started chucking and, uh, the game was allowed to get a little more physical on one uh, end of the court than it was prior previously. But. Well, Purdue, Purdue beat Moorhead state by 30 points Pretty earlier yeah. this year. So yeah. Cameron day, Anthony Richardson's little bro is on the Westfield high school football team. Genetics, baby. That Mooney, I'll take that six-hour drive to Phoenix. <laughs> I'm sure you would. Yeah. From El Paso to Phoenix, uh, yeah, it's it's just incredible. I mean, uh, barring a major slip up Thursday night to Jacksonville or next Friday to Eastern Kentucky, Purdue will go their third straight season going undefeated in their regular season for their non-conference schedule. Just unbelievable when you think about it. I mean, you think yeah. about the teams they've beat during that stretch: Villanova, North Carolina, Florida State twice. Duke. Um, Duke, Marquette twice, um, Gonzaga twice, Tennessee, Tennessee, West Virginia, Xavier, Alabama, <laughs> Butler. You can throw them in for that yeah. 21 year. I'm sure I'm forgetting some others. Um, just wild, just gauntlet after mm-hmm. gauntlet. But uh, I mean, 
I was thinking about this the other day. I, maybe this is just me speaking as a Purdue fan, but if you take March out of it, especially last year, the last three years, is there a better program than Purdue? If you take March out of it, it's one. just, yeah, just, just regular season. One. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they've arguably won – I mean, probably the best, you know, non-con tournaments each year. I mean, two, three years ago or two years ago, I guess, was um, out east in Connecticut, which you had Villanova, Carolina, both were top 10 teams, I believe. Um, and who I care who Villanova I don't remember who the or, fourth was. Yeah. Last year, you know, their PK-85 was, you know, West, we had to go through West Virginia, Gonzaga, Duke. Um, so, I mean – yeah, and then obviously this year the best Maui that we'll probably see for a long time. It's I yeah, hard to argue. Yeah, better, I'm, <laughs> better broken last three years. I'm not you know, I thought for sure I was trying to warn everybody that Purdue probably come out of it with two losses, maybe three losses, not the panic. Mm-hmm. They're making me a crow and I'm go, I'm glad. I'm not I'm not putting anything out there for next year. I know next year we know <laughs> playing in Vegas against Arizona. Mm-hmm. We have that San Diego tournament, which I think BYU, Notre Dame and don't Butler remember or is it just Notre Dame? Maybe I think it's just Notre Dame. Dame. Don't remember the fourth team. Um, and then I'm sure there'll be some other, you know, for the Indy Classic, they'll probably schedule somebody. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they'll try to get some other maybe home and home started with somebody. So, because there's no Gava games. Of course, no mm-hmm. Big Ten ACC Challenge anymore. So that'll be interesting to see what they get can get on the docket for next year. But mm-hmm. do you know anything about Jacksonville coming up Thursday night? <laughs> no. I know nothing. I know they beat UL Monroe the other night, um, mm-hmm. but I don't know much about them either. I'm going to see if I can Google them. Their nickname's the Dolphins. I did know that. <laughs> cool nickname. Um, they beat Monroe by 10 the other night. Then they beat uh, TBC. I don't know who that is by a lot. They lost to South Carolina State by one. Lost to Central Florida by 42 um, beat Georgia Southern by two, so don't have a lot to go off there. Um, they're founded in 1948. Their gym holds a uh, 1400, 1400, 1450 people. Dang, um, it's a small. tiny gym, tiny gym. It's about the size of our high school gym. Um, let me see a, I uh, IU escape with a one point win. That's just fantastic. Um, they lost that Xavier earlier this year by 23 points. Um, so do you have a common opponent? Okay. Yeah. Do you have a common opponent? Uh, let's see. They do have three guys who average double digit points. Robert McRae, uh, who's a guard averages 16.9 points per game. Marcus Niblack averages 12.8. He's a guard. Bryce Workman's a forward. He's only played nine games, averages 12.3 points per game. Um, he also shoots 50% from behind the arc. They have a guy who shoots 50%, 44%, 41%, a couple 34%. I don't know how many attempts they've taken, but um, yeah. Well, here um, they've got three guys who have taken over 53s. So, how many? 50. 50. Okay. Yeah. One's, one's, uh, that McCray, their leading scorer is taking 52. He's, he's 18 for 52. Uh, Jarius Cook off the bench, I believe, is 21 for 61. Um, 
And then Giasse Powell, 16 for 54. So nobody's shooting at a big clip out of any of those guys, I guess. Tito Dane off the bench. Is he related to Luau Dane, you think? <laughs> Where's Luau be... from originally? Like. Oh, he's from the UK, isn't he? Is he? I, 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 I think do not he know. is because this guy's from Sudan. So Okay. He's 6'11", 186 pounds. Jonathan Uchindu, like rest in peace. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, but we'll see. We'll see what the Dolphins have. Uh, guarantee they haven't played in any environment like Mackey Arena. Probably not just the just this year, but probably in most of these kids' mm-hmm. uh, basketball careers. So I don't have a lot lot to say about them. I don't know what the point spread is going to be. You probably just really hope that. Yeah, you just really hope that Purdue, you know, coming off such a big win that they are dialed in and kind of just. And especially with, you know, it's, you know, winter break now, you know, especially right before Christmas. Um, hopefully they're locked in and can just can take care of business. So that way yeah. they can go enjoy the the holiday and get ready for Eastern Kentucky the following yep. week. That's really all I'm looking to see is just, you know, no one gets hurt. You know, don't play with your food. Just come out and kind of let it be over pretty early. <laughs> That's really the yep. thing we're really, really worried about. That's a good point you brought about the students. All college of right now, students are on break and will be for mm-hmm. about the next month or so. So. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting. I mean, looking at Purdue's early Big Ten schedule, they go to Maryland. No students there, but they host Illinois, Thank God. who's probably the number two team in the Big Ten, um, yeah. at least right now. No students. Then they go to Nebraska, who could arguably be the third or fourth best Big Ten team right now. Yeah. But there shouldn't be students there either. So it doesn't mean the places aren't going to still sell out and be raucous because the number one team in the country or likely number one team in the country when, when they play those two teams mm-hmm. is coming into town. So, um yeah, so Purdue should keep this number one ranking longer than they did um, last time. I hope at least. <laughs> oh, so. but any other thoughts from uh, from Saturday's game? Since you were just, there in person, it was it was just so much fun. Um, it was cool to be you know be downtown Indy, which I mean Indy's already a great host city as it is. Um, you know, just you know, seeing it, every restaurant bar absolutely packed. I Me and my dad and I went. We tried to go to Brothers downtown because I was kind of there was like a Purdue meetup going on down there. Um, walked in. I, well, I saw people walking. I was like, oh, that's a good sign. There's no, you know, there's no line out the door at least. And then we walk in, and it was shoulder to shoulder. Like <laughs> we hadn't eaten yet, so we're like trying to find somewhere to eat. And we're like, God dang, we definitely going to be able to eat here. We tried. I know there was a walk on downtown Indy right next to Brothers. Oh. Did not know that. Uh, so like, oh, we'll go there. We walked in. You know, still packed. Wasn't as packed as smaller restaurant. And we asked the guy, like, hey, have you heard, like, how long? And one guy's like, oh, we're here in two hours. We're like, nope, <laughs> I'm going here. Um, so then we went across the street to a place called the Saint Shack, which is a really cool little small little bar. Had they like, kind of Chicago-style dogs and all that kind of stuff. We we posted up there and caught the end of the game and then walked over to Gamebridge to watch the end of the Ball State, Indiana State game, Indiana State, which actually ended up being a pretty good game. Um, Indiana State's a really good team. Um, Ball State was hanging with them for towards the end, and Indiana State kind of pulled it out towards the end. Um, yeah, shout out to Purdue fans. They showed up. It was loud. Um, it, yeah, it was just an awesome environment. Um, saw some familiar faces, kind of just walking around, just like kind of Purdue, Purdue media or Purdue celebrities, I guess. Um, but it was, it was just, it was cool to be in that place when it was full. Because you know, I've been to Pacer games, you know, where it hasn't been full. I've been to you know Crossroads where it has been full. So the fact that it was, you know, I had a seat next to me. For, I'm not sure how that one wasn't wasn't filled, but I didn't see many open seats. Um, and uh, we had Purdue fans made themselves known. Yep, it was a loud environment on TV. 
I thought Peacock did a pretty good job. Robbie Hummel. Um, I forget who called the game with him. Was it Benetti? No, it wasn't. It wasn't Benetti. Benetti. I thought it was Benetti. It was not Benetti. Um, I don't remember who it was, but they did a fine job. They did a good job. Um, his his the best line of the day was when Braden Smith threw the between the legs pass. That about made me lose like my, two minutes to go. <laughs> fifty some seconds to go when oh, we're up seven. Ago, yeah. Yeah. He threw it, but if they pick that off, make it a five point game, it's anybody's yeah. game. And and Robbie's like, Whoa, that takes some stones to make that pass. <laughs> and it did. I was like, that's confidence right there. But yeah. No, yeah, that was just, I mean, it was just so fun just to see the guys playing with confidence. I mean, like Braden and Fletcher, just yeah, again, you can just tell they were just probably tired of hearing hearing about it. Um, and I think when Lance made the got an and one at the end, he was just going crazy. After that was mm-hmm. so cool. Um, yeah, just him having that confidence, you know, you, you know, going over five from three, and then hitting that big shot at the end. It's like that's what we lacked so much last year, especially in the FU game where no one wanted to shoot. Like I feel like Lance is not going to shy away from a shot he doesn't like. So. Um. Yeah, it was just yeah. You couldn't have asked for a better. I was so fired up afterwards, and like I said, I didn't have a voice for two days. Well, end of Saturday and all of Sunday, I was pretty hoarse, and then yesterday was a struggle. So I'm just glad I got it back, so I could you know put in the work here. I'm surprised I didn't lose mine. My wife was out with my mother-in-law shopping the whole time, so I was oh, yeah. home by myself, and so I could yell as loud as I wanted. Um, yeah. But mostly, I was yelling out uh, out of out of celebration. So, so yeah, that that was the cool. Usually, like you know, when you if you know me, you know I like to yell at people in stripes a lot. Um, that was actually pretty good. Um, I think I yelled a few times. Pretty bad. There was a couple of times where it was just like, yeah, like you know, it's like they were they were, we were getting touchy calls on one end when they weren't calling them on the other end, or whether or not it was a good call or not, I did not the fact that they just reversed a, a goaltend call like five minutes later. It was the correct call. <laughs> it um, was, They even yes. said on TV the ball was coming off the rim, but still. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. all of a sudden, like, because we had no idea that was happening, and then all of a sudden, like, oh, by the way, like, this call that was called earlier, because then all of a sudden it went from, like, a seven-point game to a five-point game. We're like, oh, hold on. Like, this just changed the dynamic of the whole game. Yeah, it was unfortunate <laughs> that that much time went off the clock before a timeout. Yeah, and then that's when they could review it, and then it just mm-hmm. sucked at the time because Arizona was making that run, they're like chipped yeah. right in that run. I'm just like, oh great, because yeah. in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, that's going to cost us a game. We're going to lose by one right. or two points, and <laughs> and that's going to be just another chapter in infamous <laughs> history of Purdue sports. Right. <laughs> well, we good thing we didn't have to worry about that. So, but very fun game. I mean, this Purdue team line them up, they knock them down as long as it's not in Evanston. So, which <laughs> yeah. They somehow then turn around after they rank to lose to Chicago State in front of like twelve people. Um, that's college basketball for you, though. It's college yep. basketball for you. Um, any other basketball thoughts before we switch gears for a little bit? No, it was it was a great weekend of college basketball. You had obviously you had the Kansas Indiana game start things off. You had the Purdue Arizona game. You had the CBS Classic. You had or uh, Ohio State beat UCLA. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Kentucky beat North Carolina. So it was, mm-hmm. it, was a, it was a really good day of basketball all around. And then obviously these next two weeks are a little slow. As we you also had break, uh, Sparty smacking Baylor. Smack around, Baylor, yeah. I wasn't surprised they beat Baylor. I just had a hunch they might upset them. But the way they did it, didn't see that coming. Didn't see it being 45 15 and a half. Right, yeah. But we're, uh, I don't know if I, I still haven't. I still because some people are like, oh, you know, the Big Ten had a great day on Saturday. Aside from those, like we went like nine and two or something like that. I don't even know. I'm still not sure if I really believe the Big Ten is all that great right now. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I think I think you're right. Illinois is 
definitely the second best team. Wisconsin's probably right there. Um, and then maybe Ohio State. I don't really know. Maybe Nebraska. Maybe, maybe Nebraska. State. I mean, they did, maybe Michigan they did. State if they woke up. Like, who yeah. knows? Like, I don't know. Don't know about um, Michigan with Howard back. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's 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 hard yeah, it's to a tell. Lot of question marks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's you know a lot of people are calling the Big Ten the Little Ten. I've heard that on a couple of different <laughs> college basketball podcasts. But I'm like, come on now. I I still think though. I don't know. I, I I know a lot of people like four or five teams. I still don't know if they get that that few teams in. Yeah, it's. I mean, I guess it depends on the product or not. But I mean, you've seen teams go. You know, I mean. Two years ago, Indiana was nine and eleven in the Big Ten and made the playing game. Like, right. I mean, it, right. it took to be the tournament for them to get in, beating Illinois and beating Michigan. Um, but like, if you see, I mean, I feel like if you go below five hundred in the conference, you shouldn't make the tournament, especially if you're a Power Five school. But it's a different topic for another day. Um, but I mean, you'll see. I mean, yeah, you've seen some pretty mediocre teams. You know, five hundred teams make it. So I feel like if you, as long as you just don't lose games, you're not supposed to lose. Um, and maybe steal, you know, one or two that you're maybe not supposed to win. Like they'll get six, seven teams in just because of yeah. it's the Big Ten. So, yep, yep, I agree. I agree. Well, uh, tomorrow's a big day for Purdue football. Uh, it's December twentieth. Yes, it, it is National Signing Day tomorrow, so it is the big day around the country. Um, what did I read? The top twenty rated recruits on ESPN have all committed somewhere. So okay. unless any of them flip, it's like the first time in years where there's huh. no like, no uh, wondering where one of these big time yeah. prospects no, is going to go. No announcements happening tomorrow. But, like, but I'm sure a... there'll be some flips tomorrow and everything. And uh, I don't know. It, I feel like signing day kind of gets lost in the world of the transfer portal at times. Yeah. But it's still really important to get these high school kids to come in on the dot line because NIL plays, plays in a, a big part now more than ever in that. So yep. um, I think, I think it sounds like all Purdue's guys are pretty good to go. I know they were a little worried about Beasley, but I think he's sounds, yeah, good I mean, to go. Yeah, there was, there was the article today from on golden black that he's good. He cancels at his at home visit with Syracuse. who was the new coach had recruited him. He was at Georgia or something. So uh, he was, the relationship was there. Um, so yeah, Cause he's our highest rated recruit. So nice to see him. Hopefully sign that line. Uh, but yeah, it's different. I mean, especially when you throw in the portal, I mean, like, you know, you could be a kid who's been committed to a school for a year and a half, and then like two weeks before signing, they they get you know they get a you know a guy with two years left of eligibility, you know, who's played at you know an SEC team. All of a sudden, he slots around in front and say, "Okay, do you do you go somewhere else or what?" It's just like it's crazy. Yep, yep, and I know we hit on a lot of the portal additions last week, uh, as far as offensive linemen were offensive line was concerned, but we got some new ones this week to announce. Uh, Reggie Love. And Purdue fans might be like, I've heard that name before. Well, he was playing at Illinois. He was their backup running back behind Chase Brown uh, for most of his career. And now uh, he's probably going to be the backup to Dylan, uh, Dylan, geez, backup to Devin Mockaby, uh, which Purdue needed a backup to Devin Mockaby with Dylan Downing's surprise in, entrance into the transfer portal. So I was really pumped to get Reggie Love. I think he'll be a big addition of Coach Co- of course, Coach Patterson was his running back coach mm-hmm. at Illinois. So there was, and of course, Walters and some other guys around that staff. So there was a connection there. And then uh, Purdue also got a wide receiver, um, much needed position there, Cam Brown mm-hmm. from UCLA. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, he, he didn't put up eye popping stats by any means, but he'll get more of an opportunity now than he probably did at UCLA. Mm-hmm. 
I always kind of go back and forth because I feel like, you know, because I feel like, you know, even a couple of years ago, we were used to, you know, Purdue pulling guys from a Western Kentucky, you know, these lower level schools, you know, especially when before the portal, when it was, you know, fifth year guys, it was probably coming from a, you know, lower levels, lower, you know, group of six school or whatever. But now that we're getting guys from, you know, power five schools, it seems good. But also, I'm like, you know, is it better to maybe get a guy who was at a lower school who actually played a lot and is moving up or a guy who was, you know, might have been highly talented at a high school, but just hasn't seen the field? Uh, kind of go back and forth about that, but I guess we'll see. Never yeah, know. yeah. And, and Purdue also got, um, um, help me out here. I forget his last name. His first name is Shida. He's the edge. Stilla, Silla. Edge rusher Stilla. from Boston College. And then they also got edge rusher from Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, oh, what was his name? I'm trying to do this all off the top of my head without having him in front of me. Um, his name's escaping me, but he's an edge rusher from Georgia and Purdue's also in on a corner from Georgia. It mm-hmm. sounds like that's down to Purdue and Pittsburgh, a corner that was ranked. He's a five-star coming out of high school two years ago. He was ranked number 19th in the country. He's ranked as uh, one of the top players in the portal and one of the top corners in the portal. So a mm-hmm. um, couple years of eligibility left. And uh, Ryan Walters has a good track record of, producing defensive backs into the pros. So Yeah, the fact he's a cornerback, I like our chances. Um, just with, you know, I mean, even some of the guys that we had this last year that played well, especially down the stretch. Um, and obviously, Walter's track record with putting guys <laughs> in pretty good spots. Right, right. So, and then uh, we also found out where some of the ex-Purdue guys are headed. Sindor's mm-hmm. um, to Vanderbilt. I uh, saw one of our backup linemen to Mississippi State. Um, TJ Sheffield to Michigan State, which stings a little bit going in conference. He is from yeah, Michigan. I didn't like that. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. He will get to play against Purdue next year because Purdue plays mm-hmm. party next year. And then Garrett Miller, who I think kind of broke a lot of Purdue fans' hearts by announcing he was coming back to play another year of college football instead of going to the pros because of his injury against Indiana, but that he was going to go play elsewhere. He announced today going to Texas A&M, which he is from Texas. So. Right. Yeah. I kind of forget fault. that stuff, you know? Yeah. It's hard to fault guys for wanting to go closer to home if yep. they have one more year. So yeah. In Garrett Miller's case, he probably looked behind him and saw, saw a lot of young tight ends in that tight end room and thought, eh, let me go somewhere else and see what I can do. So, mm-hmm. so. Uh, before before we move on, I, I, I want to say thank you to everybody that's tuning in. It looks like this is our one of our larger live stream attendants we've had. So Hello, everyone. Please, if you haven't already, uh, give us a follow on X uh, or a like on Facebook and uh, subscribe on YouTube. We really appreciate that. And if you're listening to this at a later date on your favorite podcast platform, please give us a rating and review and a subscribe on there as well. So, yeah, appreciate it. And we're always open to... Uh, Questions and comments on here. We'll post them up on the screen and uh, give us some new new topics to talk about. So, uh, any other thoughts? Might be going into tomorrow signing day. I mean, it's just kind of. I always just hope for get everybody to sign. That's expected. <laughs> hope for chalk. <laughs> yeah, no surprises. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to flip uh, uh, ta- uh, not talent a uh, commit or two from somebody else, but I don't even yeah. know who that could be. So, yeah, I haven't really heard anything. I, mean, I feel like this day and age, like. There's really no surprises for the most part. I mean, unless it's like, you know, someone in their in their camp has got a really tight lip. I feel like usually something always 
kind of pops. Um, I mean, you just had the kid flip from Georgia to, to Nebraska, and essentially, like, I mean, it happened like three days after it was. It was already like reported, like, hey, this is probably going to happen because he's going there this weekend, and kind of saw the writing on the wall. Um, I guess we nice. did have a South Carolina wide receiver commit visit over the weekend. So okay. I saw that on uh, Tom reporting uh, that today. High, high school or a yes. high school kid? Okay. High school okay. kid. So I was like, hey, never know. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I mean, he's at least interested enough that he's visiting a weekend yeah. before signing day. So, which I, that's just what's it always <laughs> comparing like high school football recruiting to like high school basketball recruiting. I feel like when you, when a guy commits to a school in basketball, it's like he doesn't go on a bunch of other visits. Like typically, I, mean, I, I can't remember the last time a Purdue commit. Like went on a visit, you know, to a, you know, especially like an Indiana kid, like you know, went down to a game to Bloomington, or you know, went to go see Notre Dame game, or like like Illinois or something. Like, I feel like, but like for football, you see it all the time. Like, okay. I mean, like part of it, I mean, I'm sure, like, you, you know, you maybe not think of it, but like, you know, hey, they're one of their best buddies is getting recruited by, you know, another school's like, and like they can come along with them. Like you, you see that, it's like, hey, why not? You know, I mean, especially like when they. I mean, with the photo shoots that they get to do all the time and, you know, all the free stuff. Like, I mean, hey, why not? But also, it's it, when you're committed to your school. I remember when Big George was committed, he was like, I would think about going to Michigan for a visit. And it was like, oh, God. <laughs> so don't let Harbaugh get his hands on him. Yep. Yep. I wonder if that will change with basketball over time as the NIL becomes yeah. more and more yeah. dominant. I, I mean, you, I mean, you see, you see it already where, I mean, guys will be committed, signed, and then all of a sudden, you know, after the tournament's over and people announce they're coming back, all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm not going there anymore. It's like, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of ridiculous, but um, along those lines, what do you think of Chip Kelly's comments this week? Did you I see those? Uh, I saw something on Instagram. I didn't really pay attention to a whole lot of what he said. Oh, is that the one he said we should all be independent? The football. He said football yeah. should be independent from all other sports. He kind of used the Notre Dame model. Like, They've been yeah. independent for years. He brought up some pretty compelling points. I I didn't disagree with him because I mean I, I mean that's kind of like it's lost in all this conference realignment. It's like okay, the football. I mean especially like in Power Five, football and basketball are gonna be fine because they can fly charter. But like when you think of like the volleyball team, or I mean especially or even like you know like the softball team or baseball oh, yeah. team, like they're probably flying. You know, you know, coach or you know not, 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 they don't have a private charter. It's like they can't afford it. It's like you've got to fly from, you know, play a game, you know, in Oregon, you know, in the middle of the week and then fly back and, you know, supposedly go to, which obviously it's a lot easier now with online classes, but still, I mean, sometimes classes have to be in person, I assume still. Um, I, it makes a lot of sense for football just to be like, you know, screw it. We can, do, we can, we can sustain ourselves on our own. Like, you know, we don't need, you know, we can have our own little TV deal, you know, for whatever, like, I mean, it makes a lot of sense um, because that's the thing about people who get screwed over or the people who, you know, your non-revenue sports traditional, traditionally, um, it just kind of sucks for them. And also, I mean, too, you think about, you know, a kid, you know, a West Coast kid, you know, who wants to play or wants to run track or whatever, probably doesn't, you know, doesn't want to run in the cold. You know, all of a sudden now they're being <laughs> forced to let's go to West Lafayette in April. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, it's same thing with sleeting. football. <laughs> same thing with football. It'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah. With USC, some of these California kids, I'm not going to USC. I don't want to play in Minnesota in November. Are you kidding me? Right. I hate playing South Bend in October. I mean, that's what they've complained <laughs> about for years. So I'm just yeah. dying to see them come out Midwest in November. I just think it's going to be hilarious. Yeah. Which 
all the Midwestern guys, like at, at Purdue and Illinois and Indiana Northwestern, they're gonna love going out they're west. Pra- yeah, probably they're really playing USC <laughs> in November. <laughs> so it's it's gonna be interesting to see if any of that changes the right recruiting dynamic at all mm-hmm. or strategies. But we'll see. I don't. I I just think I think with NIL and the portal and everything, they just moved too fast on everything. They needed 100%. to do it slower. Little by little, and they just went after COVID. They panicked, just so oh, all chips to the middle. We're doing everything yeah. all at once. I mean, the nil thing like made sense because like people have been talking about that for years. Right. But, like I remember when the when the transfer portal came out, it was like, hold on, like wait, was this a was this a thing? Like was this like a, I felt, it felt like it was just like yeah, it overnight. Just, it, it, which I mean, I guess from an outside perspective of like you know maybe someone who doesn't follow college sports. I, mean, I heard someone say like you know if you went to a, a judge or something and like said like oh you're banning a kid from playing a sport because he wanted to transfer schools when, you know, a student can transfer to a different school and not have any penalty, you know, a coach can leave a job and go to another job right away. Like but all of a sudden you're, you're limiting this kid um, from do, being able to do that. Um, but like, I just, but you know, for not so I get, it probably looks weird, but like for like, you know, if you're a college fan, like you just, it's like, you know, Hey, this kid transfers. Hey, cool. He's got to sit out a year. You know, we had our fair share, you know, in basketball or football and, um, but then all of a sudden that kid's like, Oh, you can transfer once and you're good. It's like, hold on. <laughs> yeah. Was this needed? Yeah. Well, now the NCA for a 14 day period, you can transfer multiple times. God. It's yeah. That, there's no way that can stick. Right. I hope not. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I feel bad saying I hope not, but just like, just from like a stability standpoint, and I'm someone who likes stability. So like, <laughs> it just makes you just like anxious when I think about just like, you know, um, you know, getting guys okay. Their first transfer, like Hudson Card, like, hey, cool, we got okay, cool. He's good, we're good, we got him. Like, he's our guy. It's like, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, well, I mean, like, even the NFL, NBA, MLB, you have contracts, right? Three or four. Yes, you can get traded, but you still have contracts, right? So if college opens it up, there's no contracts. It's just right. free agency all the time, all yeah. the time. It's just that it would. I don't think college sports, college sports, would go down so quick. And pop up, people would stop yeah. watching, in my opinion. Oh, they yeah. really would. So, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, you know, I think about, you know, when we, um, you know, because next, hopefully, this next summer is going to become, it'll be a reality again. But, you know, getting like NCAA football game, sitting down and, um, you know, knowing the players, you know, we, we input the players' names and all that into the, you know, we, you know, custom customize the players and put, you know, all the, the actual players' names in there and spend, a whole night doing it for Purdue and Big Ten teams and Notre Dame and all that. And like, so finally you know, we got smart and could download it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then like being able to go to a game or, or even like, it's like, you know, going to the season open, like, you know, I know I can name every starter on this defense. Yep. And then like, now it's just like, I can't do that. <laughs> like, And it's like, I'm not going to take the time. I mean, obviously just comes to getting older and obviously priorities and all that, but it's just like, I remember like, yeah, going to this year's home opener. I was like, I got about seven guys I can probably name yep. <laughs> on offense yep. and defense. Yep. Maybe if that, um, and it's, yeah, it's going to get worse and worse. I feel like. Well, it's going to be so, and I'm anxious for it. I know you are too. Cause we, we like to play video games still, even though we're in our thirties, which there's nothing wrong with that. I don't know um, that but uh, with NCAA football coming back after a decade next summer with NIL and everything, it's going to be fascinating. Now that okay. actual, actual names and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's going to be fascinating. And I wonder who's going to be on the cover. Um, no. Hmm. Maybe Jaden Daniels. Is he just one I say, though, yeah, the and he declared yeah, for the draft. I don't know. But the kid to go like Caleb Williams or Bo Nix or Michael yeah, Penix. I don't, I don't know. 
So, or they could go some legend that they felt bad for years ago for putting them on the <laughs> cover and never getting a, a payday for. So, yeah, or just like a huge collage of everybody that's ever been on yeah. the cover. Reggie Bush was Heisman Heisman Trophy. <laughs> Reggie Bush was on the cover. So, yeah, actually, I'm giving a picture with the Heisman that he doesn't have anymore. Yeah, and they need to get that back to him. That's ridiculous. But yeah, it's gonna be interesting. It's it's we talk about this. I feel like too much on this podcast, but I feel like it's just always changing and always a relevant topic to talk about. So, Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm just thankful that basketball not come on. hasn't really run into that a ton. Um, I feel like the guys who have transferred out, you know, outside of maybe, I mean, I feel like outside of harms and no gel, like, like all the guys who transferred, it was like, okay, you know, you like, I mean, um, uh, Newman last year, it was kind of like, okay, you know, he probably just needs a fresh start. Like he, you know, he got his degree, you know, had his struggles, you know, could just never figure it out. Um, you know, it's probably best for him to move on, you know, probably mutual decision. Um, it'll happen eventually. It it'll will, happen eventually. I mean, yeah, but just hopefully, no, hopefully not soon. So, yeah, but I mean, it's, it's, it's been thankful that, I mean, we had what two years ago, we took no transfers, mm-hmm. um, for Ivy and Edie's sophomore year. Last year took one, this year took one. Where yeah, I think that's gonna try to be the strategy. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, we've been lucky. Whereas I mean, obviously football, much bigger roster and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. I just feel bad when I see, you know, produced player name tr- puts in the transfer portal. I'm like, who's that? Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. There was one today that I saw on Twitter and I saw his Nick Scorton commenting like, go do your yeah. thing. And I'm like, yeah. I hope he was a walk on. Cause if not, I have no idea. <laughs> And, and, and hopefully it's, you know, because I saw there was like a graphic, I think it was last week of like, you know, Big Ten teams, how many teams, how many players are in the portal? It was like, you know, Michigan had one. It's like, well, duh, they're in the playoff. Like, yeah, right, they opt out. They're not, yeah, yeah. Right. They'd be dumb to do that. Uh, but hopefully, you know, with, you know, Walters, if we have a good year next year, hopefully we see some more stability. And, you know, we're obviously always going to see transfer, but hopefully not getting to the high, you know, mid to high 20s. Hopefully right. we're saying in the kind of maybe the teens. Well, Rivals has Purdue ranked right now in the top 10. As far as additions for mm-hmm. to the portal, so all pile Louisville's, uh, I think what second right now. <laughs> um, I, I when I saw them, they were seventh. They're right above Purdue. Oh, okay. Um, but maybe they've moved up since. Um, yeah, they did get a big time guy from like, Alabama, yeah. wide receiver. So yeah, yeah, my old buddy Dion's number one. Imagine that. Oh yeah, that's right. Maybe they'll go five and seven next year. <laughs> Print those shirts. Um, yeah, but time will tell. Time will tell. But, but uh, we want to thank our sponsors, like always. One of those sponsors is Mad Mushroom. Uh, Mad Mushroom has been so- serving Boilermakers since 1993. They're located in the heart of West Lafayette, and they're known as the home of the original cheese stick. Whenever myself, Webby, or Andrew visit, we like to sit down and have ice-cold beer by trying out their latest pizza of the month, which their pizza for the month of December is Josh's Big Cheesy Chicken Enchilada. It's red enchilada sauce topped with grilled chicken, mozzarella, and cheddar cheeses, and finished with a white queso drizzle and freshly chopped cilantro, starting at the price of $14. So next time you're in town, stop in and tell them the Boiler Breakdown sent you for $5 off any order over $20. And good news for all of you people who like to order your food online. I like to do that myself time to time. You can use the coupon code BREAK5, B-R-E-A-K, all caps, 5, to claim your discount code online at madmushroom.com. That's madmushroom, feed 
your head. And if you're looking for a last minute gift or a stocking stuffer, a mad mushroom gift card would be the perfect gift for the uh, foodie in your family. Cause they got more than just pizza. They got pizza. They got cheese sticks. They got wings. They got grinders. They got it all. I will mad I mushrooms. Was, go check them out. When my dad and I were walking around downtown and do on Saturday and couldn't find, I was like, I really wish there was some mad mushroom right here that I could get some cheese sticks for this game. Cause it sounded so good. Um, Always sound good. I could go for some right now, some nacho cheese. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> Another uh, sponsor of this podcast, uh, also a great place to get a last minute Christmas gift mm-hmm. or stocking stuffer, and that is the shop. Absolutely. I'm wearing a shirt right here. I haven't worn this on the podcast in a while. I think I got a nice, pretty Pete hat. Um, yeah, I mean, the shop's been around. They've been doing their thing since 2011, making hometown apparel since then. Started out in their you know garage. They've now got two shops, count them two. Uh, brick and mortar locations around Indy. Um, obviously, they have their online store. You can get anything from T-shirts, hoodies, hats, drinkware, stickers, you name it. Um, of you know all Indiana colleges, Indiana, you know, uh, or not, I was gonna say, um, uh, wow, I'm drawing a blank. Um, pop culture references. That's what I'm trying to say. There you go. Um, and you need, and if you, it's probably a little late to get it for Christmas. Which is, you know, obviously they, they they got a lot of orders going in there. But if you do order online, you know, a late Christmas gift, you can go to the shopindy.com. Use promo code breakdown for 25 percent off. Or you can go to their two locations if you're around the Indianapolis area before Christmas. You got one in Broderpool and one in Carmel. Stop in. They just said so we. If you watched us last week, we kind of showed their new uh, Gene Katie collection that they released. Um, I still gotta go get me one. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean they're great, incredible shirts, fit really well. Um, I should wear my hoodie tonight, but I wanted to show off the shirt that I haven't worn in a while. Um, but yeah, appreciate the shop coming on for another year. Yes, absolutely. And uh, those Gene Katie shirts are awesome. I got, mm-hmm. I, I might have a few shop items on my Christmas list. So <laughs> we'll see if Santa uh, brings me some of them this year. So um, one more time, uh, appreciate everybody tuning in tonight. If you haven't already, give us a uh, like, subscribe, or follow on our. Facebook, X slash Twitter, or uh, YouTube channels. Uh, please do that. We really appreciate that. That helps us out a lot. And uh, if you haven't already, give us a rating and review on your favorite audio podcast platform. And make sure you're subscribed on there as well, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere. Make sure you're subscribed. Sometimes you think you are to your favorite podcast, but <laughs> you actually haven't hit that button. I, I'm at fault of that all the time. So and that's that's really important nowadays with all uh more and more podcasts popping up. You want to make sure you get up there in the algorithm. That's what we're trying to do. So really appreciate the support. Pretty podcast too. It's, it's, yes. We start, we, we started this thing. It was, I mean, I mean, really there were two yeah. probably. And then there were in every, I mean, we started in 2018. Technically, I guess yes. it was kind of a branch off your other podcast. And right. officially we were born to break down in 2019. Right. Uh, but now there's, you know, it's quite a few. It's quite a few. It's awesome. Quite All a few. Yeah. Work. No, the more the merrier. Um, yeah, we, we, we're not hostile over here at all. So everybody's got their little different style to it. So everybody's, mm-hmm. you know, so check them all out if you haven't already. Um, but please, yeah, give us a like, subscribe, follow, all those good things. We really appreciate it. It doesn't go unnoticed. And uh, everybody have a Merry Christmas. If you celebrate Christmas, have a Merry Christmas and happy holidays with your family. Hope everybody gets plenty of Purdue swag so you can show yeah. them off. S- send us pictures. Yeah, tag um, us in, on Twitter. Let's, yep. let's see what you got. Yep, yep, we will do the same. Hopefully, we'll have some new Purdue, uh, Purdue garbage to rock uh, when we do the podcast next week after the uh, Boilers. Hopefully, take care of uh, 
take care of business against the Jacksonville Dolphins. So, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, let's boiler up, hammer down, and beat those fins. <laughs> boiler up. <laughs>